Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. Today we're with the Campus Bible Fellowship here at uh, the State University of New York in Binghamton, New York, Binghamton University. And my guest is Dave Maynard. He's uh, been the uh, director for the Campus Bible Fellowship here for a number of years. And Dave, welcome to our program. Thank you. Good to be here. It is true. The Bible is a unique book in all of history, isn't it? Amen. And it is historically accurate. I always tell my students that this is true history. This is not... I Actually, I try to avoid saying that we're going to look at a Bible story. Right. I, yeah. I say we are going to look at an account from the Bible. Exactly. Um, and just stress the idea that it is history because typically when you use the word story, it conjures up the concept right. of... Uh, legend or myth legend, or something myth like or, that. Yeah, just story. Right. Uh, so I really kind of emphasize. And it's interesting how that's helped a few students realize, oh, yeah, this really, when I read this, I'm actually mm-hmm. reading real history. Right. And right. so it kind of helps them, especially you know, yeah. in an environment like this. And one of the evidences that it is God's Word is its archaeology is so accurate to what archaeologists find. And uh, I think it was uh, Josh McDowell who said, you know, in, in emphasizing this fact that it was real history, he said if you'd rub your hand across the cross, you'd get a splinter. <laughs> yeah, true <laughs> enough. True enough. Uh, that, uh, the things that it says were real events and real people in real time. And uh, you're here uh, leading the Campus Bible Fellowship among college students here at SUNY Binghamton, Binghamton University. And uh, tell us how long you've been here and how you got involved uh, doing this. <laughs> That's a long story. That's history. <laughs> okay. um, I've been here at Binghamton University off and on since the very early 90s, but full-time probably here uh, probably about 23, 25 years, something like that. Um, and... I got involved with campus ministry because um, I got saved when I was 23 years old. I came to know Christ, uh, became a Christ follower at 23. Mm-hmm. And Were you in college at the time? I or? was not. Not, okay. But um, I was actually working full-time. Um, I was uh, working maintenance, actually, at a hospital in the mm-hmm. Cleveland area. I'm originally from Cleveland. Right. And... Anyway, came to know Christ. That's a whole nother story. Um, I don't know that you, I could easily fill 15 minutes with that. But right. um, God in His grace and mercy brought me to the salvation. After that, I was a leftover hippie, basically, because hmm. um, that was back in 1983. And the church where I ended up attending uh, was a pretty conservative church, um, lots of doctors, lawyers, that kind of stuff. And actually, the agency that Campus Bible Fellowship is a part of, Baptist Mid-Missions, um, a lot of the administrative people attended that church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I got saved. I was really excited. I was a leftover hippie. I had long hair, smoked cigarettes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they really didn't know what to do with me. I mean, they were glad it they was... Yeah, they were very glad I was there. It was really cool. Right. I love my home church. They just welcomed me. They, nobody questioned me. Nobody judged me or anything. They mm-hmm. just took me in and loved on me, which I just praise God for. Yeah. Um, but part of that was to direct me to Campus Bible Fellowship because we had a chapter of Campus Bible Fellowship in our in my home church there in Cleveland okay. at Case Western Reserve University and Cleveland State University, mm-hmm. and they're still going. Right. The university work is still going. Great. 
Uh, Mary Amesbury heads that up, and they're doing a great job there in Cleveland. Uh, so I got involved. I've been hanging around campus ministry since you know since I was saved. Ultimately, then went on to Bible college uh, when I was about 28 years old, and lived in a dorm for a year. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then you know graduated in '93. My wife and I actually spent uh, two years in the country of Ecuador. Okay. And did some campus ministry there. It was unique. It was very different because their schedules, everything was very, very different. Right. A little bit more challenging. Uh, you had cultural things. You had religious things that you had to deal with, plus political things. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the students there, were, while they're on campus, or at least at that time, were pretty much communists. Everything had to be for free. As soon as they graduated, they became capitalists. Okay. Because they didn't want to give away what they were earning. Okay. Um, so it was kind of funny. It was just right. an interesting dynamic. Sure. But um, it led to some really good spiritual conversations. Though, mm-hmm. Because of that. Well, still, a lot of people think uh, there's a lot of communists left at American universities, and I think that's uh, true in the there faculty. There could be. I, you know, I can't say for sure. You know, I can't I say know, I've contacted down where, where I'm from, uh, one of the professors at Bucknell University was bragging to a a seniors group he was speaking to of how he takes them over to uh, Europe and converts the students on their uh, break uh, to socialists. And uh, he, he thought that was great. <laughs> but, it probably uh, <laughs> does, but yeah, I'm not sure it's healthy. No. Um, so anyway, you know, to answer, finish answering your question, so I've been doing campus ministry, really, or been around it since I was 23. Yeah. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I, yeah, there's nothing like interacting with college kids. Because right. they talk to you. Yeah. They actually talk to you. Yeah. If they disagree with you, they're more than happy to tell you. Because they're at that age where they're trying to figure out who they are. And if you are sincere, if you are loving, transparent with them, they will honestly communicate with you. Um, and it's such a critical time uh, in their lives because they're solidifying their worldviews. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, there's no more important time for us to be involved in our lives, you know. Yeah. High school, definitely. I mean, you gotta, you got to lay the groundwork. In high school, you want to be, be preparing them for mm-hmm. what they're going to face should they go to right. um, a typical state college or whatever. But once they're at state college, you got to help them navigate all those different worldviews, all those different uh, right. perspectives, and, and bring them back to the Scriptures and show them that the Scriptures – you know, like you, you, we mentioned earlier, there's nothing like the Word of God. Um, bring them back to the Scriptures and, and help them with that. And a lot of people are intimidated by the academic setting. They feel like, you know, that uh, these people know more than they do. And so... Well, they, they might uh, in math. Like we have two <laughs> PhDs in our group in right. mathematics. I have no idea what they talk about. Exactly. <laughs> None <laughs> whatsoever. But, um, but I learn. I ask. You know, as I'm just... You know, hey, I'm ignorant in this. I don't. Right. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's just, yeah. you know, I was talking to one of them the other day, and I said, you know, in high school, I I came out of the drug culture, and about the time I was starting to get into math, I got into drugs, and drugs went out over math. And so I was just like, you know, I'd really love it for you to sit down and explain to me just some of the generalities of calculus. I have, right. You know, you know <laughs> when the kids are complaining about calculus, I have no idea why. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but they may know a lot about math, but they don't always know a lot about the Bible right. or who Jesus right. is. And you know, in the end, what really matters is you know what you know about Him, not what you know about calculus. Right. One of your so. students, I think, was telling me about 
uh, one of those PhDs in math that was his teacher. Yes. And he said that he kept saying Bible verses in these math lectures, and he would say a guy named Paul said such and such. And uh, I have a feeling uh, I know who that was. Would uh, get away with that, and I might get his contact information from you. But uh, in any case, uh, you know, a child that knows Christ as their Savior, uh, when they talk to somebody who has who knows how many PhDs, but doesn't have Christ as their Savior, that child has something that that PhD yep. person needs. And yes. if, if we're just open to sharing what God has given us, uh, there's a lot of fertile soil out there. Yeah, because, you know, everybody has that spiritual need. Right. Everybody so, does. As so. Uh, we said, a God-shaped vacuum that can only be filled right. by the person of Pascal. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Pascal. And, right. And uh, people are trying to fill it in many ways, but uh, yeah, we have, we have the whatever. answer. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, and you know, math math can't solve life life's struggles, right? Or yeah. biology or whatever. I mean, it may yeah. help you diagnose what's going on, but it, you know, physically, but it can't. Right. It cannot. You know, give you advice. Sure. So, and some yeah. of the professors that have come to Christ have shared, you know, how they. Uh, were great in their fields, but when it came to their marriage falling apart, <laughs> right. they had to find yeah, answers someplace else. <laughs> yeah, we actually, one of our more popular events is uh, we have a Valentine's panel. Mm-hmm. And um, what we do is we get three different couples at different stages in their marriage. You know, a younger couple, under 10 years of marriage, a middle couple somewhere, you know, in the 20s, 30s, something like that. Um, and then somebody as far out on the other end as we can find them, 40 or 50 years of marriage, that, you know, our evidence, you know, evidence that Christ is truly central in their lives. I mean, most marriages don't last that long unless Jesus really is there. Right. Um, there, are, there are some. I, you know, for the listeners, yes, I understand there are yeah. some that make it yeah. without. And there are but, some Christians who fail, too. But, yes. Yeah. So you know, we, we but the be, grace of God helps a lot. Right. <laughs> we, you know, we, for yeah. full disclosure, right. marriages fail on either side or last on either side. But, um, but it's one of our more popular ones because young people are really hungry to know how do you make marriage work. Yeah. And some of the questions, you know, we asked some fun things, you know, like what was the funniest thing that happened when you're dating or, you right. know, something funny that happened at your wedding or whatever. We try to, I, I think one of the funniest things, you know, one of the guys said, my Model T broke down. And his students are like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, what's a Model T? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, that was just hilarious to me. I don't know if anybody else really got it. But, um, but we, you know, one of the more important questions we ask is, uh, what's been one of the more difficult times in your marriage? And how did you get through it? Right. Because everybody knows that there are difficult times in marriage. Yep. But not everybody knows how to appropriately get through it. You know, how do you get through it and still be in love? Mm-hmm. And, and not just end up sharing a roof. Right. You know, because yep. some marriages last, but they're not marriages. Yep. Um, and, and so we really try to expose our kids right. to that. We right. had one gal... Uh, from Europe come to us after and say, you know, I've never met anybody married longer than 20 years. Mm. Wow. So she was just just overwhelmed yeah. by, you know, these long-term marriages. So when we're talking about Bible study, we're talking about something that tells us why we're here and how to get ready for heaven. 
uh, eternal life through Jesus Christ, but also, but also very practical, you yeah, know, day to day, what, yeah. what makes relationships work and so many other aspects of our life. Right. It's, uh, uh, Bible study is a blessing, and even Christians who don't realize the treasure they have in the book and ignore it uh, are missing yeah, well, out. When, like, uh, just this semester, my first two studies, devotionals, because we had limited time, but uh, was the idea that we need to be intentional. Mm-hmm. We need to be intentional about spiritual growth. Right. Uh, you know, First uh, Timothy chapter 4, Paul's just hammering on Timothy, hey, watch your life. Mm-hmm. You know, be intentional about these things. Right. Um, and then last week I talked about the, the idea of we need to be intentional in our evangelism and in our discipleship. We tend to think, for whatever reason, we tend to think that these things are just going to happen in our lives. Sure, sure. Um, But the reality is the Bible is very clear. You know, there's human responsibility as well. Yes, the Spirit of God is working in our lives and guiding and directing us and all that. But there is that aspect where we need to be intentional with God about these things. Sure. And so we emphasize that. And then this semester, um, the theme that our uh, student president came up with was the idea of knowing him uh, from Philippians chapter 3. You know, Paul's desire, I just want to know him. Right. Um, and so we're going to kind of emphasize those things and look at um, really the Gospel of John and all the I am passages. Because mm-hmm. what better way to get to know Jesus than what he says about himself? Right. I am right. the door. I am the way. Yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. Those things. So we're going to focus on those. But there's a lot of good practical things in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if Jesus is the good shepherd, that has implications in my life. Right. If he is the way, that also, you know, all these things have implications in our lives and should affect how we live yeah. and enable us to live better. Well, uh, my guest for this edition has been Dave Maynard uh, with the Campus Bible Fellowship uh, here at uh, SUNY Binghamton, uh, the State University of New York in Binghamton, Binghamton University. And uh, Dave, uh, We thank you for joining us, and I'd like to continue this discussion uh, for another session if we could. Thanks for joining us. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Reports. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844, or email ltcldur at yahoo.com. 